here at the Sterling Hunters. And before we get any further, if you could do a huge favor and hit the like button, um, you should see a little thumbs up thing there. Hit, hit down. If you're looking on watching us on YouTube, go ahead and do that right now. Helps us out more than you know. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you taking a few seconds there and hitting that button. And uh, welcome to another episode with the Struggling Hunters. Uh, you have me, Joe, and the other side over here. You got Eric? You got Eric. Did that backwards. I'm the one talking. I should have introduced Eric first, me second, but hey, we're struggling. And uh, But uh, we've got a couple topics we're going to go down today. It's probably going to seem like we're chasing our tails, which we kind of are, to be honest. But uh, there's some some little topics that we kind of want to discuss. And uh, I mean, I know we don't really have a formal plan, typically. You probably tell when you listen to us, but... Uh, this one may be a little more informal than, than the other ones we have um, done before, but I guess with that, we'll just dive right into our rabbit holes discussion here in the hunting shack. I guess let's see where we end up. Yeah, that <laughs> works for me. That works for me. You want me to kick it off real quick? Sure, let's see, what, let's see what Eric see has as a, as a first up here. So this week, I'm going to talk about something that is a little controversial or whatnot, but uh, I'll kick it off with, uh, with some poaching. Uh, what what my thoughts are on poaching and and, and uh, how they've changed over time and to articulate this a little bit better first of all I was listening to Bear Grease uh, it's a meat eater podcast off of uh, off of the meat eater empire that they have over there with uh, Clay Newcomb and he was doing this uh, this episode of of or this series of uh, some local people that he knows. That did did some turkey hunting, poaching for a lot of years, and and they actually had investigations against them and or against these guys, and it, it's a whole series. It's a really cool series to go check out if you want to check them out. But uh, what got me what got my wheel spinning was old timer thought or old thoughts from from like the olden days. So whenever I say poaching, I've never really been for poaching, but I've had a few, I'm really having a hard time articulating this. I've had a few, or I've, I've always understood for some families that poached. I've always kind of had a soft spot for families that had to poach. I'm totally against poaching for in, sport, for trophy. sport and trophy and, 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 and just for horns. I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard of stories where, where people find a whole deer, but the horns cut off, and and it sickens me to no end. But I've always had a soft spot for people that that needed the meat for their family. But as time has went on, and this is the part that's that where my thoughts have kind of changed and formulated because of the 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 stretch uh, or for the the drive for conservation, if you will. Um, to be, you know, to help conservation, I, I, I've changed to where I think that that's even, I think poaching in general is just wrong and nobody should do it. And even though that I've had a soft spot for people that needed to take care of their family in one way or another, but we're also talking about tags that are like 50 bucks, 30 bucks. Uh, and, and I think about that in a, in terms of, of like sometimes people, People will go spend a hundred bucks on something that they don't really need and then gripe about spending a hundred bucks on something that they have to have. And so I'm all, I'm my, my 
thoughts about as I've gotten older have changed toward that that mindset of like, well, you know, people that really need it um, need the meat or whatever, you know, if they do it or whatnot, I kind of have a soft spot for them because they're just trying to feed their family. But at the same time, for the for for conservation, I'm like, you know, that that takes away a lot of a lot of uh, things for other people, and I know that some people you know think like well it's just one deer like what's one deer but you know you're not the only one poaching you know there's other people that are doing it and and then the people that paid money to get that animal it's kind of unfair for them because they paid the money and then you may have taken the animal that they could have gotten or you applied pressure in the area to where everything's scattered and then the person that actually paid the fee to be able to hunt doesn't get that animal. I don't know if I'm articulating it right and it's a little controversial, but you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I'll just kind of reiterate, I guess, again, and just say, you know, I used to, as growing up, I knew, I knew people that, you know, didn't have all the money in the world or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, they're feeding their family. As I've gotten older and stuff, I'm like, you know, you just got to do what you got to do, you know? I mean, you, you have to pay for for your tags on your license plate. You know, you got to pay for your life. Like, there's just certain things that you have to pay for, and conservation is one of them. And I think for uh, our animals to thrive and survive, the more people that contribute to that, I feel like is, is better all the way around. So as I've gotten older and, and been more more about conservation and understanding conservation i'm just i'm my, my mind has changed on that where i'm like you know i don't think there's an excuse for anybody that poaches and i hope i'm articulating that right like i feel like it's i thought about this all day because i knew i was going to bring this up and then as i start speaking i'm like oh what am i trying to say here <laughs> uh i'm trying to do it in a way because I, I want it to be clearly known that i'm not for poaching whatsoever and i've never really been for it but i've always had a soft spot for what people would deem as like somebody that needed the meat right you know, i've always had yeah. that soft spot i grew up in a small town i knew some people that poached but i guess maybe being a part of that community i didn't really see the problem in it but one thing that really really makes me against it is is the fact that like the person that does pay all for all the tags and does put in the time and you know the people that are poaching whether whether they're they they're doing it to provide for their family in their own way or not like they they are taken away from the people that are paying for the tags and uh, and and so I guess that's kind of where it gets tricky because when I was younger and I didn't really you know put a lot of thought into it I was like ah you know people that poach for for uh for their family i understand it but as i got to thinking more thought put more thought into it it it, it started getting more cringy to me like the more i thought about it and the more i thought well you're taking away from conservation you're taking away from from uh as much as we like you know we think that the uh fish and game or or uh division of wildlife whatever you want to call them uh, parks and wildlife whether we think that they make mistakes in some of their choices or not like we kind of people that poach they kind of skew that data they kind of you know they they take away from the data that they need to 
make better decisions toward conservation to make our herd stronger, to make uh, wildlife stronger and thrive in the woods. And, right. And so, so like the more, I guess the way to put it is like the more educated you get about hunting and the more educated you are about conservation, which I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like I know enough to be dangerous, but the more you understand that, the more you realize how it's poaching. There, there's never a time for it. Well, like that's kind of, so if we kind of simplify it a little bit and maybe put it in a different way, you know, kind of, well, I'll start by saying I kind of agree with you is, you know, it feels like there's a need for it at times. But then at the same time, we talk about conservation. And a prime example would be the buffalo or the bison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of where we are now with uh, with regulations and tags and uh, a lot of the amount of deer, that tag uh, number limits. Like, it's not like there's an unlimited amount of tags for each hunting unit, each hunting unit has a specific amount of tags which allows for a sustainable herd to be maintained arguably some areas you can argue that it's over hunted i get that but go back to the bison you know bison used to be free roaming and people took advantage of that and would just shoot them to shoot them and now we don't have we have a some free roaming herds but there's not really the herd population that there used to be and there's not really in a way there's not even the ability for a herd to be free roaming there's not room for a ton for multiple herds everywhere through every state to be free roaming mm-hmm. so you know for but we almost lost the, the bison herds because it wasn't regulated it was in a way before poaching was poaching they were all poached and now you know, the bison herd is protected pretty good. And, you know, like, I get, like, you know, tags and poaching, and they get both sides, but the conservation side of it, if we want this sport, I, I hate calling it a sport. I mean, it is a sport, but, like, it's almost a way of life in a way. More, But if we want this to be passed down to generations, it has has to be, in an extent, regulated somewhat. Mm-hmm. because, you know, if it, it's that mentality, too. If it wasn't regulated, well, John went and shot five deer. Well, I want to be able to do that, so I'll, I'm going to go shoot six deer or whatever, you know, and, and if I can go do that whenever the season, during whatever I want, then that's going to start depopulating the, the herds, deer yeah. or an elk. And that's the thing, too. Like, let's, uh, for an example, using John as like uh i don't know anybody named john that i don't either so so that's why i'm using the name as an example but let's say there's a john out there that's like what's the big deal it's just one deer out of the you know well what if there's 20 other johns out there you know and they're all saying the same thing then that's 20 deer and then that they didn't buy a tag for that they illegally poached that you know whatever their method of take was but but it was all illegal and it takes away from the people that did buy the tag. It takes away from uh, the conservation efforts of of your your state agencies, and you know it just it takes away from a lot more. And, and I think that's the hardest concept to understand is because 
it's easy to be like, well, what's the big deal? It's just one deer. But whenever right. there's 20 Johns out there, 30 Johns out there, whatever, you know, it, it, it starts taking, it, it's a bigger pie, piece of the pie than what you, you, you think, you know, that you selfishly kind of think. And that, and sometimes, you know, I feel like that's what it is, is it's a little bit selfish, you know, and, right. and uh, and so it, it's just a hard thing, but I wanted to kind of bring it up about, I just wanted to bring that subject up and, you know, talk about it a little bit. Cause, cause I, I mean, I don't know, I guess if somebody out there that listens to this podcast that knows, uh, John, uh, you know, you could probably maybe talk to him and be like, Hey, maybe next year you could buy that tag, you know, like I'll buy it for you or something, something. But, um, I, kind of what going off of what you were saying with the bison and stuff i feel like these podcasts these hunting podcasts and and everything like they the reason it's to bring up the discussion it's to help educate and and to try to teach and learn and 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 think about things in different ways and and i feel like you know even me whenever i'm listening to the hunting podcasts that i'm into uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning new, new ideas and new thought patterns and stuff, you know, and, and 20 years ago, I didn't think too much of it. You know, I, I, I cringed at anybody that would, you know, I, I never knew anybody particular that would, that would like take horns off or at least they never told me, right. but I would hear stories of people like, Oh, I saw a full deer with no horns, you know, and what's that about? You know, those would just make me cringe. I'd be mad. I'd be like, man, where's that deer at? I'll go grab the meat or something, you know. And um, I mean, because, you know, I just hated the idea of wasting an animal. And, uh, right. But I always had a soft spot. You know, I, I mean, I had uh, I had family members that, you know, were kind of poor and stuff. And so I always had a soft spot for, for people that were having a rough time to get their animal and stuff. But uh, like I said, as as I've been more educated with, with conservation i mean it's just i feel like that's where the turning point is 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 understanding how important our animals are to us uh it just takes away a lot and and it also creates the the bad name that the you know some of these anti-hunting groups have it you know that kind of feeds into it you know like oh see told you you know they're bad people and and it's like well no like i feel like as hunters we love our animals more than 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 the these anti hunting groups love the animals. They, they try to talk a big game, but their tactics really don't work the way that conservation works the way, you know, thank God for Teddy Roosevelt and the efforts that he pushed way back when, because we probably wouldn't have any animals today. Uh, if, if he didn't do what he did. And, and as I've learned more about Teddy Roosevelt, that guy was amazing. The stuff that he accomplished in, in his lifetime is just, it's just mind boggling. And, and, uh, but the conservation one, obviously for hunters, you know, is like the big one to hang on to and be like, wow, what a, that guy, like he had such foresight. I, I'm really wonder sometimes if it wasn't for him, where conservation would be, where, where hunting would be in general. Cause we might not, we might be having a whole nother kind of podcast, right. you know, and maybe like a camping podcast or something. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But the, there's so many ways to go to like, think about this or whatever, but I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just think that, you know, we all need to do our part in conservation and, and that's some that I'm 
focusing my efforts on and trying to be better at. And, and I'm proud, man. I'm so, like, so there was things whenever I was younger, <clears throat> speaking of, like, I always looked at, like, fish and game. I say fish and game a lot because over here in Colorado, it's parks and wildlife. But growing up in Idaho, it was fish and game forever. I think they recently changed mm -hmm. the name. I'm not 100% yeah. sure about that. But anyway, I say fish and game a lot, but I basically Department of Wildlife or whatever it is, whatever your state says or whatever. But um, growing up, like, they were kind of like the enemy. I was kind of raised that way where they were the enemy. They were, you know, out to get you or whatever, but they're not. They're just making sure that you're legal. So I had a, I had a safety person years ago say this about uh, DO, uh, DOT. If you don't know what DOT is, it's a Department of Transportation. It's uh, whenever you drive big trucks or whatever, you know, the, the way stations uh, that you pull, that big trucks pull into for their, to check in or whatever. Uh, the safety person, though, said a long time ago, and I just always ring in my head is if you have if you if you know that you're not doing anything illegal, there's nothing to be worried about. Because everybody, yeah. like, if you're a CDL holder, like everybody's like, oh, DOT, like it's kind of like a, you know, oh, they're gonna get me or whatever. But if you know that your truck's legal, if you did the proper pre-trip and everything like that before you went on the road. And your paperwork's good. Everything's good. Like, you really have nothing to worry about. And so I think of that same thought pattern with, with being out in the woods, you know. If a fish and game officer stops me and says, hey, what are you up to or whatever, it's like, hey, yeah, check out my tag. Check out everything I got, you know. Like, I'm doing everything legal. Because if you don't got nothing to hide, then there's yeah, nothing to worry worried. about. Yeah. So. And I think we need to think that way a lot more often, you know, and, and just realize that they're just doing their job too, you know. And really, I, I feel like you want to help them, you know. If you see somebody, you know, doing something illegal, like, you know, it's probably worth saying something. Now, one comment I said to Joe this last year is I'm like, I'm like man, sometimes I want to be 100% legal all the time. All the time. I do. But sometimes, like, you get so frustrated, you're like, like man i just want to play in the gray a little <laughs> bit a little bit to up my chances you know like and it's hard and so you know it's it and that's just if you're having a hard time out there hunting or whatever it gets a little frustrating you're like oh how can how can i make this you know seal the deal on this but um but at the end of the day man i i feel like you just walk away with a clear conscience doing the right thing right and there's no reason to make them your enemy, man. They, they're just doing a job just like most of you guys have jobs or whatever. They're just doing their job. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you might be trying to abide by the law to the T or whatever, but there's a rule out there that you never heard of and they get you on it. I mean, you know, I've, I know right. that's how, you know, I've heard stories like that that's happened. and But most of the time they're pretty level-headed and they're not really out to get you. You scared me for a second. I thought we were... Man, we've really went a lot yeah. ways on this topic. But anyways, uh, guys, you know, I, do you have any more on conservation really? Or no, I don't. Have I explained it to the to death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I just wanted to bring it up. It's a little controversial conversation, but, like, I don't know. I just kind of put my thoughts out there on, on, the, on the old podcast. So with hunt season coming and archery being kind of in the hotter part of the season – what what uh what do you think you should do to prepare for for the 
hot, dry climate. Yes. So, I've been thinking a lot about that at work lately because kind of I got work inside now, and uh, I step outside to go get some parts every once in a while. And today was like the first day. I think I don't know if it's the first day, but I actually noticed we hit 100 degrees. And uh, stepping outside and and got me thinking too, because I was like. I'm not working outside anymore, so I got to keep myself acclimated to the heat. And uh, I think I got to start making sure I'm, I'm scouting in the heat or walking, you know, when it's hot. So that way, when the season starts, I'm kind of used to the heat, and I'm not, not, I'm, I'm not, not used to the heat. <laughs> it's not like so, a shock to the system, right? For yeah. When I take off, start hiking, but you know, like. That being said, too, is I think a big thing is start hydrating now, you know, making sure you get enough water so that way when the season hits, you're not the first day out. Well, I know cramps happen whenever, but, like, you're healthy as as healthy as possible or acclimated and used to the heat when you start start getting out there so that way you're not spending the first night after the first day back at camp hurting and not looking forward to day number two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of variables that happen on day number two. You think that you're good for the season, then you get out there and things don't quite go to plan, or I don't know, or, or you walk a few extra miles and you thought you were going to, or whatever. You get back to camp and you're like, "Oh, I am so tired and beat." <laughs> and yeah, it's definitely it's. There's a lot of management that goes on whenever you're doing that. From past experience, that's what I've learned, and that's why. Uh, most of the time, like right now, I mean, it's June, but right. September is three months away. Uh, right now, whatever kind of workout program or whatever, like this is the time to start, you know, start that kind of working on a diet, workout program, staying hydrated, drink plenty, plenty of water, try to get in all, you know, the, as best shape as you can. I mean, that, you know, that I think that varies per person, but if you know that you're in some rugged area or 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 uh what whatever you're gonna be hunting. I mean right now's the time to probably start jumping in on that and trying to get in the right. best shape you can so you can enjoy Well, and that's I think well, yeah, enjoy is the probably the key word there because no matter what you want to enjoy your experience. But also on top of that is uh I feel like to be a good elk hunter you gotta go the extra mile. And going the extra mile means you gotta be in extra shape. <laughs> kind of yeah both physically and mentally because i guess that's what i was trying to get to is like kind of the mental side of it is too is if you're hot and out of shape you know you're not going to want to push very hard to go very far from the truck mm -hmm. yeah yeah being mentally tough is everything cameron cameron haynes said on a podcast not too long ago i can't remember which podcast oh i think it was on meat eater <laughs> I listen to a lot of Meat Eater podcasts, I guess. But uh, on Meat Eater, um, Cameron Haynes said something about being mentally tough to where, like, looking at a ridge doesn't bother you whatsoever. Like, so, you know, you're like, ah, oh, the elk are over that ridge or whatever. Whatever reason you got to get over that ridge, that ridge is nothing to you. Like, you don't think about it. You don't, oh, I got to get over this ridge. Because he basically what he was saying was like kind of having a clear mind a little bit and and not thinking about the ridge so much, just thinking about the task at hand. 
because the minute that you start thinking of the ridge, then your mind starts getting exhausted before your body even gets exhausted because you're you're, right, well, you're starting to kind of almost panic about the ridge. Right. And like he said it a lot better than I did, but <laughs> like along that lines, you know, it's like yeah, you got to we got to keep your brain there too. So and like it's one of those things like once your feet go, once you're you're out of shape and you stop enjoying what you're doing, your brain starts to give up too, it seems like. And then yeah. you're just done. Yep. You know, and yep. then you're not going you're like unsuccess well, maybe that's been our problem. But, you know, you're not successful, you're running around doing things and that you probably don't fully understand why making decisions because you're just tired and almost willing to give up, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that actually that rings true. I think, uh, it's happened to me where, where, uh, I, I don't know. I try to always get to the next step, but I've exhausted out like with you on the, I remember like that one time I was like, I was just like, wasn't that I was done, but my body or, you know, I was like, man, I, I'm exhausted. You know, I couldn't, couldn't quite hang. And, and that was cause I didn't prepare well enough for the season. Actually. I mean, that really, I was out of shape and, and I, I think in my head I was, I thought I was in better shape than I was, but I wasn't really, I, I wasn't like looking back, I realized that I wasn't at all. But at the time I thought, Oh, I ain't that bad of shape. And then, uh, but have you ever, have you ever been with somebody that, you're like in the middle of, of of nowhere, basically, and they're like, "Oh, I'm done." You're like, "You can't be right now." <laughs> like, I don't care how bad it hurts, you gotta move because I can't carry you out. No, I haven't because I haven't really hunted with all that many other people. Oh, well, I've always been by myself. <laughs> okay, well, that makes it a little little easier, I guess. But well, I take it back. I when I got my buck, this nine years ago, I had my brother with me, and it. We we were kind of in a, I guess a hell hole, and we were very unprepared with, without realizing we were, and uh, we were both pretty done by the time we got back to the truck. And yeah. you know we didn't give up, but like <laughs> we couldn't carry each other out. But we got back to the truck, and yeah, it was one of those like we were ready to be done way before we got back to the truck. Those always make the best stories, though. Yeah, you know. Uh, every time I've ever had an easy time out in the woods, I don't remember those ones or talk about them very much, but the hard ones are, are the ones that you always remember and make the most story out of. Right. So. Very true. Should we get out of here? Sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, kind of close that one up though. Here is, we went off kind of off topic there a little bit, but that was just mostly, you know, keeping yourself mentally in shape too. Like, you know, understand that there's going to be hard work and there's only one way to get through hard work. Yep, 100%. So, guys, we'll probably talk about it more. But keep you guys, yourselves uh, sharp. Work hard on the uh, on working, getting your fitness going. Work, uh, you know, uh, no poaching. <laughs> and... Uh, with that said, guys, thanks for listening to the Struggling Hunters and the Hun Shack. We really appreciate you. Consider subscribing, liking, doing the whole thing. It helps us out a ton. We're just trying to grow and do the best we can. So if you could help us out, that'd be great. With that said, guys, the Struggling Hunters are out of here. Have a good one, guys. Oh.